Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you have joined Calvary Live. We welcome you to today's program. And you are invited to call in at that number that was just given to you, 303-690-3000. As Calvary Live is the program where you get to call in the listener and you get to ask questions about the Bible or Christian living or about what our view should be, our worldview about the things that are going on around us. And there is a lot going on and people can get confused. They're wondering. Uh, They can be difficult issues, uh, confusing issues. Um, And we uh, want to take you to the Word of God. We want to encourage you. We want to pray for you. you. You can Ask for prayer. Give your prayer request. Calvary Live really is an extension of the pulpit to be able to minister to you and to bless you. And my name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. I'm the senior pastor here in northern Colorado, and we have another hot day. We find ourselves, as we have started August, a new month, and it is uh, summer, and it's hot everywhere. Pray you're doing well. Uh, We are praying for you, the listeners out there in Kentucky. We were praying for you yesterday in the floodwaters. So many lives lost and people missing and uh, unaccounted for. And, Father, we do just pray that you would uh, just bless those that are in Kentucky. Just help those, bring comfort to those who are experiencing loss, uh, loss of of loved ones, family, uh, property, uh, we see the devastation, and, and Lord, be with the first responders as they're they're trying to get people out of there. Pray the rains would stop, the waters would recede, and Lord, just uh, we lift that whole situation up to you. We remember those in Kentucky that are going through hardship and difficulty right now, and we just pray this all in Jesus' name. So give me a call. Maybe perhaps you got a prayer request. We've got all open lines right now. 303-690-3000 the call-in number. There's another way for you to be able to communicate with me, and that's through a dedicated text line, 720-336-0897. And I would put those two numbers in your contacts. You can pull it up whenever you want to be a part of Calvary Live. But got all open lines. This is really your show, so I'd love to hear from you, those of you who are listening live on Grace FM today along the Front Range in Colorado, um, two radio stations, 101.7 in Southern Colorado, Pueblo, Fountain, Colorado Springs, and then also those of you listening on 89.7 in Northern Colorado from Castle Rock and and um, Parker on up into Southern Wyoming. Welcome. Give me a call. Love to talk with you. Love to encourage you any way that I can. Also want to welcome all those who are listening by radio by grace and many stations across the nation. Uh, you two are listening live today. We're so glad that you guys have become a part of our Calvary Live family. So give me a call. And uh, the number is 303-690-3000. Got all open lines. Love to hear from you. Give me a call. Uh, love to talk with you. And let's talk about the things of the Lord. That's What's so wonderful about Calvary Live is is that, you know, there's a lot of talk uh, shows out there 
Um, but we are the show that gets to talk about the things of eternity. We get to talk about the things that are true. And so I would encourage you that uh, take the opportunity. Maybe you have a question that a Bible study brought up, or maybe you were talking with a friend about, or maybe you just need prayer. Maybe you're just discouraged and down. Uh, one of the things that, as I've been talking with people lately, is that many are feeling a little bit anxious or feeling a little bit down and discouraged. I can't help but think about what the psalmist wrote, David, in Psalm 9, when he said that the Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed and a refuge in time of trouble. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. So we have opportunity together to seek the Lord and seek his word. So give me a call. Again, that number, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. I also want to welcome those who are listening on Hope FM and Truth FM uh, on the East Coast and Higher Rock Radio. You are a week delayed, and you have opportunity to be able to uh, call as well. And um, and we will have our conversation, then you'll listen to it on your radio network a week later. And then also um, the online listeners, welcome as you are listening live from the four corners of the country. Give me a call. Love to hear from you. 303-690-3000, call in number, text line 720-336-0897. Grab one of those open lines. The hour goes by quickly. The lines can fill up later in the show. So if you've been wanting to call, please do so right now. Um, as we go to the text line, one of the questions that was asked is, is China in Bible prophecy? And I think perhaps that question is asked uh, because of the events that have happened in the news today is we've had our Speaker of the House that uh, went to uh, Taiwan and China it doesn't like it. And so there's, uh, you know, the tensions are high and they're on military alert. It's interesting that as we look at end-time prophecy that uh, the scriptures uh, speak about, of course, Israel is the epicenter of end-time prophecy. We know that even as we've been going through the book of Daniel, that the book of Daniel speaks about this revived Roman Empire that will be on the scene in the last days, that is going to be led by the one who's given the title Little Horn, the Antichrist. And then we also know that as you look at other uh, sections of the scripture, for example, Ezekiel 38, there's a confederation of nations that are listed there uh, that include what we believe to be Russia and, and Iran and Turkey, a confederation of nations that are going to invade Israel in the latter days. And the text is very clear that it will take place in the latter days. When it comes to people ask America, when it comes to China, um, it, it is uh, oftentimes asked, is America in end-time prophecy? Uh, China, uh, maybe perhaps, some have suspected that they may be mentioned in the book of Revelation in chapter 16 when it talks about the Euphrates drying up, and then it speaks about the kings of the east uh, that come. And the kings of the east that that come, uh, 200 million of them will come on the scene. And uh, there is a debate whether that is uh, perhaps speaking of the nations of the East, China and her allies that come into northern Israel for that final battle called the Battle of Armageddon, or is it speaking of a demonic uh, uh, you know, army that's going to come? So that's where the debate can, can turn on that. Um, perhaps China's mentioned there. But also, it is interesting as you study Daniel chapter 7, 
and the four beasts that came out of the sea, uh, those beasts that are described, many scholars have, you know, interpreted to mean that those three beasts, first three beasts, correlate with chapter two of Daniel, uh, those empires that came on the scene, Babylon, Medo-Persia, the Grecian Empire, and then Rome, and then there's a revived Roman Empire. Others have said that the language seems to to indicate to us that the first three beasts are before the fourth beast and are present in the last days. And some have suggested that um, it speaks of America, it speaks of the bear with three ribs of Russia and perhaps the Eastern Alliance. So it's, we can't be dogmatic about it, but it could be that um, those that are mentioning America it could be mentioning um, the Eastern Alliance, we don't know for sure, that are standing before the fourth beast that is going to rule over the world uh, led by the Antichrist. So very interesting to look at um, as we see the things unfold around us. But as we do, here's the important thing, that we're looking for the Lord, that we're wise in discerning the days in which we're living in, and to know that these things are going to come to pass exactly as the Scripture says. So we got a couple open lines. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. So let's go to Brittany in Kentucky. Brittany? Yes, sir. You're on Calvary Live. Thank you for calling. Yes, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You can go ahead. So I just had a question about um, just what your thoughts were on the book of Enoch. I've been studying that, and um, there's a lot of passages in the Bible that that definitely seem that Enoch was definitely a faithful, righteous man of God. He was in the bloodline of Jesus, I'm pretty sure, and a lot of scriptures referencing to him. Um, and I was just curious if you've ever done any studying up on that book and what your thoughts were on it. Well, I've I've read portions of it. I haven't really studied it. One of the reasons... A couple of thoughts about the book of Enoch, and I get people that that say, why doesn't the church study the book of Enoch? And the Enoch, of course, mentioned in Genesis that he was, you know, walking with the Lord, and then he wasn't. So it gives yes. us an indication that Enoch was one that uh, was uh, taken up into heaven. He was raptured into heaven. When it comes yes. to the two wit- witnesses of the book of Revelation chapter 11, it is suggested that perhaps— that Enoch may be one of the two witnesses, Enoch as well as Elijah, because it's appointed once for man to die and then the judgment. So since Enoch and Elijah were both raptured up into heaven, that they are going to be the two witnesses, and then the two witnesses are killed in Jerusalem. We also know that the Bible speaks of Enoch in the book of Jude, that little epistle that's in the back of our Bible right before the book of Revelation. And it says that Enoch, the seventh of Adam, prophesied about these men, also saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints. So Enoch, you know, prophesying that, um, called a prophet as well, was uh, saying that the Lord's going to come back with ten thousands of his saints. I believe that's a reference to what we read about in Revelation chapter 19, Yes. Uh, in the sec- second coming of Jesus Christ, that the armies of heaven are going to come with the Lord. Okay, so with that all said, the book of Enoch is not a part of the canon of Scripture. It's part of the Apocrypha that was adopted by 
the Catholic Church, as well as some of the other books, the Maccabees, some of the other books. And one of the reasons they were rejected in in the canon of Scripture that we have is because they're not historically accurate. There's verses in there, there's sections in there in the Apocryphas that contradict what the uh, Word of God has to say. And that's where the Catholic Church has come up with, like, purgatory. Uh, Purgatory is not in the Bible. Uh, It's appointed once for man to die and then the judgment. And we know that there's heaven and there's eternal separation. There's Hades and then the lake of fire um, after the great white throne judgment. Uh, But there's no purgatory that's spoken of that's made up. There's some inaccuracies. So here's here's my advice, Brittany. It's okay to to look at that. It's kind of interesting, but I want to remind you that you have sixty six books of the Bible. That that's where you should really spend your time focusing on and studying and and looking at those sixty six books because all Scripture is inspired by God. But the Apocrypha, there's some problems historically, you know, doctrinally with those books, and that's why. Uh, those books have not been included in the canon of Scripture. Okay? Okay. Yeah, yes, sir. I appreciate it so much. <laughs> well, well, I appreciate you calling. So um, it is interesting. I've looked at it. It's fairly long, the Book of Enoch, if I remember, and there's a lot yeah. there. There's even debate among some if Enoch, the one in the Book of Genesis, actually wrote the the Book of Enoch. And, you know, you can look at that. It's interesting to look at those things. But I always encourage people, you know, study Genesis to Revelation. There's enough to keep us busy there oh, yeah. um, for, <laughs> for all of our lives. Okay, thanks, Brittany. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yes, thank you. God bless you, sir. Have a great day. You too. Oh, I meant to, Brittany, if you're, you're still listening, we're praying for you guys in Kentucky, and, and we did, and uh, just praying for uh, the floods, and we keep hearing about it and loss of life and we need to remember them. So 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897 to ask your questions, to give your prayer requests again. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, and so I'd love to talk with you, encourage you, take you to the Word of God, and um, and just talk about the things of the Lord. That's so, what's so wonderful about Calvary Live is we get to talk about the eternal things. Uh, we get to talk about uh, the Lord. We get to, to just be blessed by all that. And I hope you take advantage of it. Give me a call as we have a couple open lines. In the meantime, we're going to go from Kentucky now to Alabama, to Mobile, Alabama. Jim. Hi, Jim. Hey, uh, hey it, it's Tim with the T, but that's okay. Uh, thanks for having me on. I just wanted to uh, in- encourage all your readers, and uh, just like you said, 66 books to read. As, as I've studied through the Bible, you know, uh, something came up this weekend about applying God's Word to your life. And, and when you do that and, and you have the whole counsel of God, it's a wonderful picture when you're able to look back on your life and, and as you learn God's Word and you see God's present in your life as high times, low times, uh, even even a lot of times before you're saved and how God walked you to salvation. Um, so it's not just a, a, it is obedience, don't get me wrong, I don't want to take away from the obedience as you move forward in God's Word, but I think it's a beautiful way to see God moving in your life as well, yeah. and how it applies to your life, and, and, uh, it was, you know, 
just a wonderful uh, thing to talk about this weekend. I thought I'd share that kind of thought process and, and see. Yeah. You know, I don't think I'm too far off these. <laughs> no, you know, we were kind of talking about the same thing in um, our Daniel study, because in Daniel chapter 9, Daniel's at the end of his life, and Daniel received amazing visions, didn't he, from the Lord. And what he does is he he's reading from the book of Jeremiah, and he realizes that the 70 years of captivity are just about over. He he knew that Jeremiah was a prophet. He read the prophecies of Jeremiah, and so he set his face to pray. And one of the things that you will find that as you do read the scriptures, that it will prompt you to pray. It it will grow you. It will mature you. And one of the things that I really stress is continue in the Word of God. Sometimes people will say to me, oh, I know the Bible. I've read the Bible. I used to go to Bible study. We can never exhaust the Word of God. And even Paul the Apostle, the one who wrote a lot of the New Testament, at the end of his life, as he's signing off, he says that, Timothy, my departure's at hand. And he goes on, and he says, Timothy, come to me quickly. You know, bring my coat. He's in that Manertine dungeon in a terrible place in Rome. And bring my coat. It's cold here. But especially the parchments, the scrolls, which were the scriptures, portion of the Old Testament scriptures. And he, even in the last days of his life, wanted to read the scriptures. And we know that this is what's important, that as we know the days in which we are in, as we see the things going on around us, just as Daniel, as Daniel was, you know, knowing that the captivity is about over, that he says, Lord, I'm going to seek your face. And as we see the things that are going on around us, it should cause us, as we read the scriptures, the signs, the birth pangs, um, state-setting events that are going on around us, that we're wise and discerning in the days in which we are in, because we know that we're in the last days, that it should set our hearts to pray, to pray for our nation, to pray for the church, uh, to pray for spiritual awakening and revival, not only in my heart, but in my church, in the community, and in the nation. But Paul would write some of those last words in Second Timothy chapter 3. That he said that the last days are going to be perilous times. And there's going to be a misdirected love. There's going to be corrupt minds, and there's going to be counterfeits. There are going to be those who have a form of godliness but denying its power. Stay away from such. And he said those who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And today we hear a lot, don't we, about how is it that we reach our culture? How is it that we reach the lost? How is it that, you know, uh, Christians can grow and and um you know, have a spiritual uh, awakening in their own hearts. Well, Paul answers it in that chapter. He says, Timothy, you must continue in the scriptures that you've learned from childhood. And all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. It, it's yeah. critical that we continue in the word of God because the word of God is alive and is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It brings life. There's power in the gospel, right? And there's power in the Word of God. And unfortunately, some circles of the church, and I, I, I don't mean to have a critical spirit, but it's just an honest evaluation, have turned to hype or they've turned to entertainment or they've turned to storytelling. There isn't power in storytelling. There's nothing wrong with telling a story. 
but there's power in the gospel and there's power in the word of God. So I appreciate what you're saying. And that's the way to growth and to maturity. And I, I feel very strong about that. And that's why I'm dedicated here as a pastor to continue to take my congregation through the word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Even as Isaiah said, you know, line upon line, precept upon precept, here little, there little. So hopefully that is an encouragement to others. Grow in the Word. Keep teaching the Word. And yeah. um, and keep learning the Word. Amen? Amen, absolutely. Thanks, brother. Hey, man, uh, I, your, your, your stuff comes on at 5 o'clock here in, in Mobile, and that's about the time I drive home. So thank you for all your encouragement day after day and all your listeners that, that have their questions. It's, uh, it's an encouragement to encouragement to me every time I get to listen. So thank you for being well, here. I appreciate you calling. So glad to be a part of you guys. Radio by Grace down there in Alabama and Mississippi and Florida and, you know, Georgia. It's, it's wonderful that you guys are a part of the Calvary Live uh, audience and family. So God bless you. Yes, God bless you. Thanks. All right. Got a couple open lines. We must continue the scriptures. Paul didn't say that it might be a good idea or, you know, it, it would be kind of, um, you know, beneficial. He said we must because it's all profitable from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21. And it's the way to growth and maturity, and it's the way to grow our faith, because faith comes by what? Hearing, Romans 10, and hearing by the Word of God. And so um, I know for me, as long as Lord gives me breath, I want to be faithful to teach the Word of God to the people in the environment of love. People ask, what is your vision for Calvary Chapel? And it's very simple to make sure that the people here in Greeley, where I get to minister and have the privilege of being here, are the best fed, best loved sheep, and and um, and if we can do that, then the Lord's going to continue to work. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the call in number. Text line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Let's go to Malachi in Aurora. Hi, Malachi. Hey. Hi, Pastor Jeff. You're on Calvary Live. Sweet. Um, I was just I called about um. The youth culture, right, is psychedelics and marijuana is becoming a lot more popular, as well as a couple of, like, I have a problem with marijuana, I'll be open to admit, and then I have some homies that are like, they drink every night, right, just a little bit, but they, I try to tell them how it's unbiblical, kind of, and I don't know, I just don't have the scripture to back me up, right, so I was just kind of wondering like, yeah, what yeah, the scriptures and, say about, yeah, psychedelics and marijuana, and <clears throat> yeah, I know they speak against drunkenness, right? For sure, right. and and that's what the Bible says. You know, in the book of Ephesians, Paul's writing to the Ephesians, and he in chapter five says, "You walk in love," and then he says, "You walk in light," and then he says, "You walk in wisdom." He says, "See then that you walk circumspectly." This is chapter five, verse fifteen not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And then he says, and you've touched on this, do not be drunk with wine, but which is the dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. One of the things is drunkenness is um, called a sin in the Scriptures. And, right. and the thing is that we're to be filled with the Spirit, not to be filled with that that is going to influence our our minds and drunkenness, drugs, you know, uh, people call and say, well, 
you know, it's legal to get marijuana. Uh, can I do it as a Christian? Well, it's legal also to drink and buy alcohol. But the Bible right. speaks about, you know, drunkenness. That is a sin. Those things that are going to affect our mind. But I want to take you to an illustration in the Old Testament. I think that this might uh, help us a little bit, what the Lord is saying. Because in the book of Leviticus, in chapter 9, uh, chapter 8, you have the the pre- the preparation of the priests. Chapter 9, you have the the presentation of the priest as the priestly ministry begins. But then in chapter 10, something interesting happens. Aaron was the high priest. And as he's the high priest, that he has four sons. Two of his sons, as they're dedicating the tabernacle, it's a holy happening. Man, things are happening. The glory of the Lord is seen. And fire came from before the Lord to consume the burnt offering. So two of Aaron's sons, two of the high priest's sons, they ran into the tabernacle. You know, they had lit their own censers from the altar, ran into the tabernacle, and all of a sudden the Lord sent fire and burnt them up. Talk about, you know, a dramatic event to see that happen. And as that took place, the Lord said, because they offered strange fire, and that's that's another lesson. But one of the things that the Lord said to Aaron, that when your other two sons go and minister into the tabernacle, that make sure that you're not drunk with wine, that you may discern what is clean and unclean, what is uh, holy, what is unholy, uh, what is um, good and what is bad. In other words, the indication is, is that they were drunk with wine. And the problem is, that if you're under the influence of drugs, under the influence of alcohol and drunkenness, you cannot distinguish between what is good and what is right, what is good, what is evil, what is clean, what is unclean, um, and uh, what is holy and what is unholy, because you're under the influence of that substance. And that's why Paul says, listen, you need to walk in wisdom. You need to walk in wisdom so you know, um, you can discern um, and be in walk in wisdom, be discerning what is clean and unclean, holy, unholy, and you're not under the influence of that, which is going to mislead you and hurt you. And here's the thing, Malachi, to to relay back to your friends is, is that God's commandments that are given to us are not to so to be a killjoy. That's what we want to pass along to everyone, and especially the younger generation. Um, some people think that God doesn't want me to go out and have fun. You know, it's very restrictive. No, he tells us, I don't want you to sin because I don't want you to get hurt. I don't want you to be in bondage. I don't want you to be in slavery to that thing because that's what sin does. It just hurts you. It enslaves you. It will do you in and it will wipe you out. But he wants us to be free. So this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And this is important and his commandments are not burdensome. And every commandment of the Lord that's given to us, listen, is an expression of his love for us. It's an expression of his love for you. It's not burdensome. It's not to ruin your life so that, you know, you can't enjoy life the way that should be enjoyed. It is so you can be free. It's an expression of his love so you're not in bondage and that you can experience the abundant life that he has for you. Does that help? It makes sense. That's perfect. Okay. That's what you want to pass on to them. That right. The Lord loves you, 
And he doesn't want you to live that way and stay away from those things that are going to influence you. Rather, be filled with the Spirit. So, Father, before we go to break, I pray for Malachi. I just pray that you would free him as he struggles from, as he's honest. He's really honest about, you know, smoking marijuana, that he would be filled with your Spirit right now, and that he wouldn't need those things, that he could distinguish between what is holy and unholy and clean and unclean, and that you would just empower him to live a life for you, to walk in wisdom in Jesus' name. Hey, Malachi, thanks. You hear the music. We got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000. Please grab one of those open lines. Let's keep talking about the things of the Lord. Be right back on the other side of the break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live on this Tuesday, the 2nd of August. Those of you listening on Grace FM and Radio by Grace and online, you're listening live. And so we're so glad that you're with us, you've joined us. So blessed to be with you. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, the senior pastor here. Had the privilege of ministering here in Greeley for nearly 27 years. So, um, man, just time goes by fast. I think it's August already, and I'm sure you're saying the same thing. Kids are going to be going back to school here pretty soon. Uh, we were praying for the kids and teachers. Be praying for your schools. Be praying for you know, the kids as they go back, and um, and it's um, just something that we need to continue to do. Um, and we did that this last Sunday, praying for the teachers and helpers uh, that go to our church. I'm so thankful for you teachers that are in the schools, that are Christians. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult, but be light. It's a fight out there. It's a battle out there for all of us, those of you who are first responders, those of you who are giving thanks to those of you who work in the hospitals and and nurses and healthcare workers and uh, God puts us all in different uh, places uh, in our lives and um, and we're to be light there and but we need prayer we need encouragement so maybe you need prayer give me a call at three zero three six nine zero three thousand calling number or maybe you got a question and then text line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven you can text a, a prayer request or you can text a question and as time permits we'll go to the text line but in the meantime let's go to pennsylvania jim has been waiting hi, jim hi pastor hey yeah. th- thanks for hey, waiting yeah. i appreciate it oh no problem i always had a, a, a question that i could never find an answer to about uh back in genesis with adam and eve what mm-hmm. are your thoughts were when they were kicked out of the garden were they saved after that or were they uh, where, where do you think they are now, I guess, is my yeah. question. Well, sometimes people ask me, like, for example, for Samuel or others, were they saved? And ultimately, the Lord knows um, if they were saved. The, the Bible does not specifically tell us whether Adam and Eve were saved. Uh, they were the only two human beings who knew about God before they were tainted with sin, of course, as... as um, the fallen world came to them. Um, as a result, they, they did know God. 
um, Adam and Eve most definitely believed in and depended on God, I think, because God continued to walk with Adam and Eve, provided for them after the fall. Adam and Eve knew of God's promise that he would send a Savior. You see that back in Genesis chapter 3, when the Lord says, here's the consequences, you know, of a fallen world. But he didn't leave them without any hope. And in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, he gives the first promise, a Messiah that would come. God made garments of skin for Adam and Eve after the fall. We see that in chapter 3 as well. So, you know, you look at that, and Bible teachers, I think, and scholars understand that this first animal sacrifice was foreshadowing the eventual death of Christ on the cross for the sins of the world. So I think that as you look at these things, it would seem to me that Adam and Eve were saved. Indeed, they went to heaven uh, or paradise when they died. Um, But ultimately, the Lord is the judge. So I think there's good indication of that um, as you look at it in Genesis chapter 3. And and God still spoke with them. And God provided a uh, sacrifice for them and those animal skins that he provided. An animal had to die. And so there seems to be indication that they were well, that was always my gut feeling that I sort of felt that they repented when they seen what they had done. But I just never, you know, like you said, there's nothing really biblical saying whether they yeah. were saved or not. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was and, my feeling. And, but, you know, it's, it's, um, we do, when you go to, and I was looking at uh, Hebrews chapter 11, when you go to the Hall of Faith, Adam isn't mentioned there. We know the genealogy is mentioned. I believe it's in Luke's gospel. It goes back to Adam. Um, But in the Hall of Faith, it begins with Abel, of course, um, who uh, had a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. But Adam isn't really mentioned. But I think it seems to indicate that Adam uh, is in heaven. And when we get there, it's going to be, Adam, why? Why did you do that? Every time time I pull weeds, you know? And... um, out especially this time of the year. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh, thorns and thistles will grow, you know, as part of the fall of the creation. And I'm thinking, Adam, Adam, why? But, of course, you know, um, because of Adam's sin, sin and death came into the world. And, and I'm very grateful for the last Adam, though, Jesus Christ, who gives us life. Could I ask you quick for a quick prayer request for my son, Matthew, who's in Philadelphia? He was tied up with drugs for a long time, and I think he's finally getting away. Uh, we we battled it with him for so long to where we couldn't take it anymore. It was costing yeah. us everything we owned, and we actually, uh, I, I still feel bad for We had to get him out of the house, but he ended yeah. up down there in Philly, and it's, I, uh, it's terrible the situation he was in, but I think from talking to him, he's finally out of it. But you see on the news about the fentanyl and everything. Well, yeah, I think yeah. we finally got him out of it. That they were actually putting stuff in there. It was called mm-hmm. xylazine, where they would mm-hmm. actually get big sores on them that wouldn't heal. Yeah. Yeah. It, was an, it was like an animal tranquilizer, and he got hold of that. And last I seen him about the beginning of the year when his um, uncle died, he came home for the funeral, and he still was dealing with these huge sores on his legs and stuff at one heel. They they treat him with antibiotics and stuff, and yeah. he was just getting rid of them now from when I last talked to him. But uh, I just pray that uh, that, he's, that he can get away from it because I was down there and actually seen it, and that he, 
you can, I mean, it's, it's everywhere, but yeah. like you look up it's, in Kensington on, on YouTube in Philly, it's like the walking zombies down there. It's, it's so yeah, sad. It's, it's terrible. It's a huge, huge problem. And Father, we just pray for Matthew. Um, Lord, we pray that you would free him from this terrible drug. And Lord, that um, you would take him to a place of safety, that Lord, that you would minister to his heart, that Lord, that you would free him from that bondage of drugs that has afflicted and put so many people in bondage. And Lord, the consequences, the destroyed lives, I pray that you would work in Matthew's life, draw him to you, free him, bring healing to him. Lord, physically and spiritually, most of all, give him the power to resist the drugs. And Lord, you can free us from anything. There isn't anything too difficult because you are almighty God. You are great and awesome is what the Bible declares. So I pray that you would work on behalf of Matthew. I pray that you would do this work in in freeing him from the drugs that has already just cost so many days and, and months and lives or years in his life. And Lord, I pray that you be with Jim. Help him minister to his son. Give him wisdom. So we just pray for this work to be in him and through him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, thank you very much, and have a good evening. You too, Jim. God bless you. Always good to hear from guys in Philadelphia and Hope FM and in Pennsylvania and New Jersey and Maryland, Baltimore, that area. So glad that you guys are a part of our lives. So um, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. Text me a question or a prayer request. Now we're going to go down to Arkansas to Deborah. Hi, Deborah. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I just uh, wanted to ask a question. I was just kind of just curious with it. Um, You know, the Lord says, you know, that he went uh, in heaven to uh, prepare a place for us and our mansion. And so I just wondered, like, when we come back to earth and stuff, does those mansions just disappear and then he rebuilds some or just bring them down or, I mean, what's Yeah, it's interesting. Whatever he's been preparing, he's been preparing for 2,000 years. And in John chapter 14, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go Uh and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am there, you may be also. Many believe that Jesus is actually talking about the new bodies that we're going to get. Uh, oftentimes okay. when we read that, the mansions, we think of a mansion that we're going to have. You know, some mm-hmm. of the faith teachers will teach this on, you know, Alleluia Boulevard and, and you know, uh, Glory Street, you know, on the corner there. <laughs> and And it's actually perhaps speaking of new heavenly bodies that we're going to get that is um, spoken of in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And it's interesting because Paul's writing in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 about the resurrection. Now, the resurrection is not just speaking about eternal life, but it's eternal life in a new heavenly body. So 1 Uh Corinthians chapter 15 is the longest chapter in 1 Corinthians. He's talking about because he gives the truth that because Christ rose from the grave, that we have the promise of the resurrection, and that was corruptible is going to be incorruptible. And he writes about how 
that the time will come in 1 Corinthians 15 that not all shall sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye of the last trumpet. That's the uh-huh. reference to the rapture of the church. What I just read to you in, in John chapter 14, that many scholars believe that Jesus is talking about the rapture of the church, that I will go and prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you to myself. The rapture is when he will come for the church, and not all shall sleep, Paul says, not shall all shall die, but shall be changed. And so those who have gone on before us, according to First Thessalonians chapter 4, will be raised first, and then we here alive and remain will be caught up to meet him in the air. Paul mm-hmm. is also explaining the resurrection in Second Corinthians chapter 5, and this is what's interesting. He says, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And for this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. He's talking about a new heavenly body. And and he says, we groan earnestly. And the older I get, the more I groan. And we are going to one day have a new house that uh-huh. is going to be made not with hands, but eternal in heaven. So that could be very well what Jesus is talking about, the new heavenly bodies that we will get, believers that, you know, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord, not to confuse anyone. Because Paul right. writes about that in Second Corinthians chapter 5. But when the trumpet blows in the rapture of the church, then those bodies that are in the ground um, or been cremated are going to rise up, and then uh, we will have new heavenly bodies that will last forever at that time. And that could be the mansion very well that's being spoken of by Jesus. Okay. So then when we come back to the new earth, let's say, um, then— What we will— yeah, what we will do is we will, after the rapture of the church, there's going to be seven years of tribulation. Mm-hmm. Then at the end of the tribulation period, Jesus, we're going to come back with him, the armies of mm-hmm. heaven. And we're going to come back with him. We have our glorified bodies, and we're going to rule and reign with him. And he's going to rule over the earth for a thousand years. It's called the millennium reign of Jesus Christ. You can read about it in Revelation chapter 20. And also, the Old Testament has many, many verses about the millennium reign. So that's a thousand years. After the thousand years, the heavens and the earth as we now know it are going to go up in a fervent heat, as Peter says. That Revelation chapter 20, there was no place found for them, the heavens and the earth. And then there's the great white throne judgment. That's the second resurrection. And the unbelieving, the unrighteous dead are going to be resurrected at that time they will be sentenced to outer darkness into the lake of fire, and then he would create a new heaven and a new earth, and we will be with him for all eternity. So Paul, as he writes about the resurrection in 1 Corinthians 15, he said, Jesus, the first fruits, and each one according to their order. So we will get our new heavenly bodies, you and I, at the time of the rapture of the church, and we will stay in those glorified bodies when we rule and reign with Christ, because we're going to be used to rule and reign with him. And Mm -hmm. Jesus talked a lot about that in the parable of the mina, the parable of the talents. Um, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many, enter into the joy of your Lord. So we're going to be ruling and reigning. It's so cool to think about it. Um, In the the, uh, kingdom, 
and then given responsibilities. And so we'll be given rewards, we'll be given crowns, we'll be given responsibilities. What exactly does that look like? I don't know, but Jesus kind of gives a hint. He said, you'll rule over 10 cities, you'll rule over five cities. So that's why it's really, really important that the things that have been given to us, the gospel, the talents and gifts, that we invest in the things of the Lord, because what we do for Christ, that's what's going to last. And in Second Corinthians chapter 5, as he talks about the resurrection, he says, we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And sometimes young Christians kind of freak out when they hear that because they think, I'm going to be judged. Our works are going to be judged. We're not going to be judged for our sins. Jesus took that judgment on the cross. Amen? He took the judgment for you and for me. But with that said, we'll be judged what we do in the body, whether good or bad, is what Paul writes. And all of our works will be tried by fire. They will be either wood, hay, and stubble, burn up, or shine forth, and we'll be rewarded. So... We are the desire to live for Christ. There's heavenly rewards to be given. We're going to rule and reign with him, but all that will be done in our new glorified state. I just threw a lot at you. (laughs) So so you can read those chapters. Yeah, Yeah, I need another head on her headstone, you know, uh, in a blink of an eye, you know, that we'll be with the Lord, you know, too. She always liked that verse, you know. Uh, yeah, with it. And when we too, when we take our last breath and close our eyes <laughs> to be absent yep. from the body, to be present with the Lord immediately, and the yep, Lord's going to be the yeah. first one that we're going to see. It's not going to be Peter and the pearly gates and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a glorious promise. But I remember I did a a graveside with a, a man who his parents were pastors and uh, family, and and a lot of the family was there in the, in the um, cemetery. And he said, man, when rapture happens, we're going to tear this place up. I mean, all his family, the bodies are going to come forth. And, it, you know, it was just, you know, it's kind of true. You, you know, they're going to come forth in a blink of a twinkling of an eye. And um, it's, we got a glorious future is what we have. And we have a mansion not made with hands. Yeah. Keep keep looking, look looking up. That's for sure. You know, and I, I'm just. I just hope I see the rapture. That's, that's I um, I really do. But if I don't, you know, I'm with the Lord. That's that's whatever yeah. he, his way is. Amen. You know, that's the way it'll be. You know, but yeah, it'd yep. be wonderful yep. to you know be in the rapture. Yeah. But uh, I pray for the rapture. I pray for the coming of the Lord. But we have today. We'll occupy till He comes or He takes us home. Amen. That's right. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Deborah. Rapture. Love to hear Thank from you guys so from Arkansas. It's always a blessing. All right. Well, All right. I'll, I'll be probably back in touch with you again sometime. You call <laughs> anytime. What, okay. what is the best Bible? Uh, not you know. I usually have the King James Bible, but what is the best Bible would be you could read that would actually you know kind of tell you a little bit more. You know. Well, than, yeah. Than, that's that's kind of a a question that um, you know if you've had the King James and you've read for a very long time, I tell people the Bible that you've been reading for a long time, if it's a word-for-word translation, keep reading it. Because for me, I've been teaching for 27 years out of New King James Bible. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I have hundreds of people that have a New King James Bible that follows along. And as you memorize Scripture, you memorize it in the King James or the New King James. So that's good translation. And there's other good translations 
Uh, Bible Gateway, if you ever want to compare um, translations, it's a good uh, app that you can just pull up on your computer, you know, on your tablet. And if you want to know what it says in the New Living Translation or the English Standard Version or whatever, um, mm-hmm. it's a good tool. But, you know, I always tell people the the one you've been reading, that you've memorized Scripture, keep using it if it's a good word-for-word uh, translation such as the King James. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I appreciate that. You bet. Thanks, Deborah. Appreciate you calling. Call back anytime. Okay. Thank you. Let's go to Alexandra in Commerce City. Hi. This is Alexandra. Hi, Alexandra. I just was calling in um, for a testimony from yesterday. You had prayed for me and my friend who had, um, yeah, we made up. And I just wanted to um, say thank you. It gives a testimony and also just ask about more advice for godly kingdom uh, relationships because, you know, the enemy really likes to try and divide us. So I think it's really important that we all um, have advice on how to stay connected and unite as the body of Christ. It is important, and I'm glad that God worked in that way. And, you know, I remember praying and praying for that restoration. And I remember I told you, remember I said God would honor that. Uh, because he does honor when we desire restoration and coming together. We may not always agree on everything, um, but as as we are to love one another. And here's what Paul writes in chapter 12 of the book of Romans. You might read that section, chapter 12. He he starts it out after 11 chapters of Roman that he's speaking of, you know, incredible theology, the doctrine of justification— um, the doctrine of sanctification. Uh, he talks about Israel, chapters 9, 10, and 11, uh, you know, God's future for Israel in chapter 11. And then chapter 12, he begins to, to the end of the book, talk about how now that you know who you are in Christ, what Christ has done for you, this is how you live for Christ. And I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And he then begins in that chapter to tell us in chapter 13 and 14 and 15 how it is that we can live for Christ. And he says, first of all, the very first thing, and I was talking with somebody about this today, he says, don't think too highly of yourself. First of all, he talks about spiritual gifts, and then let your love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good, and this is really important as you're asking for uh, biblical advice. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, and rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, and, and distributing to the needs of the saints. Be given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, and um, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who rejoice weep. So you can go through this chapter, and you can go through chapter 13, you can go through chapter 14, and I think it's going to give you some good biblical guidelines and how it is that you can just, you know, uh, be a blessing to others, minister to others. Philippians chapter 2 is another chapter that speaks about that look out not only for your own interest, but the interest of others. Um, Good reference there, and how it is that we treat one another, and how it is that uh, we are to minister to one another and, and grow in that brotherly love and friendship. 
Wow. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. That was so powerful. And speaking of brotherly love, I'm actually also from Philadelphia, and I heard Jim calling and talk about Kensington, and I had um, yeah. done some volunteer work there, and it is just a crazy place. So I just wanted to really emphasize that everyone pray for Kensington and the people there, and just thank you. Um, all the verses you said just brought tears to my eyes, and <laughs> my friend's recording it, so we'll probably do a Bible study on those verses very soon. So thank yeah. you so much. You bet. Let's go ahead and do that. Father, we pray for Kentington. We just pray, as has been mentioned on the radio program, so, Lord, it does prompt us to pray for what's going on. I've never been there, but Alexandra has. Jim's talked about it. And, Lord, um, like many cities, like many places, drug use, just um, despair, hopelessness. But, Lord, we pray for awakening. We pray for a work to be done. Um, for the Christians to be able to bring light into the darkness and the and the gospel message to free people. We just pray for you to work mightily in that area and in that place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank hey, you. Thank you, Beck. Thanks for calling. God bless you. God bless. Let's go to Shelly in Colorado Springs. Hi, Shelly. Hi, Pastor Jeff. How are you? I am good. How can we pray for you? Um, I just, I have a prayer request for a young man. His name is Drew. He was in a bad motorcycle accident, and he's, from what I understand, he's in surgery like now, or else, or else they're, maybe they're not able to do it. But anyways, he's in bad shape. Um, his organs are shutting down. They can't, they needed to do this surgery, but I guess he kept crashing. So if you could just pray for him. Father, we pray for Drew. We just pray as he's been in a bad motorcycle accident as they may be doing surgery or waiting or preparing him, Lord, we pray for you be with the medical team, the doctors, the nurses, the surgical team, if they move forward, that you bring healing to him, Lord, that uh, you minister to him not only physically but spiritually. His family, you know the situation that they would be ministered to. So, Lord, we pray that you would intervene, that you would show yourself strong, that you would touch this individual that's been hurt badly in a motorcycle accident to bring healing and comfort and strength. And, Lord, draw him to you in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll be praying. Thank you very much. Okay, Shelly, Thank thanks for calling. God I bless you. It. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, I want to get Natasha real quick from Centennial. Hi, hi Natasha. You got a question for me? We got hi. about two minutes. Uh, yeah, we got I about... have a question about the um, – it's, it's kind of the same question that the, the lady in Arkansas had asked. Um, uh-huh. But it's before, so like before the rapture, all the believers who are in their graves, are they in their grave? Like, I mean, their souls are with Jesus, right? Like if I died right. today, I would go with Jesus. I wouldn't just be in Amen. my grave, right? Yeah, and there's a false true? doctrine that that has the seven-day Adventists. The others have said that there's a doctrine they've held to some circles of them. The soul sleep, that there's soul sleeps. Your soul doesn't sleep. Uh Your body sleeps. There's a big difference. Your body sleeps put into the ground. And so when I do a memorial service and we go to the graveside, that person's in a coffin or maybe perhaps uh, in an urn that that is going to be put in the ground. They're in heaven. Mm -hmm. But at the Uh rapture of the church, their bodies, that which is corruptible, will be raised incorruptible. 
that which is mortal to immortality. And in the blink of an eye, or in the, actually the twinkling of an eye, which is faster than a blink, that they'll have their new heavenly bodies. But to be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. So immediately when you take your last breath and when you close your eyes, you're with Jesus and how glorious of a truth that that is. And so there's no soul sleep. Um, the body sleeps, but not the soul. Awesome. Okay, that's what I was. That's what I was thinking. But I, I haven't read the, you know, all the um, the Bible yeah. on the on the parts that you were talking about. So I wasn't yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. So thank you. And I, thank you for clarifying welcome. that for me. And I think it brings great comfort because there are some people that think that well they get confused. The resurrection is speaking about eternal life, but it's speaking about our bodies that we get new heavenly bodies. And, but you know, when we go to heaven right now, are we in a temporary body? Are we in spirit? We don't know for sure, but we are Mm -hmm. going to get those new heavenly bodies at the time of the trumpet uh, that those uh, who went on first, who are dead in Christ will be raised first. And then we who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So, but right now, all our loved ones that are in Christ are with Jesus. Amen. Hey, you hear the music. Thanks. Thank you so much. And thank you guys. Everyone who's called in today, God bless you. We had a great, great hour. Went by so quickly. And I pray that you have a great evening. Keep reading your Bible. Keep studying. Keep reaching out in love to other people. In the love of Jesus Christ, be a light to them. God bless you. And, And we'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.